very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Bambergas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material going back to December 2008, just go to our website and click on subscribe. You'll receive your login immediately. And don't forget to visit SanitasRadio.com for some mind expansion this week. A lot of great shows. It's your life. Take control. Many people around the world, from all walks of life, believe themselves to be in regular contact with beings from outer space. Today's special guest is a trained nurse, midwife, and therapist who works with individuals said to be having these remarkable experiences. She claims they are not products of overactive imaginations. Quite the opposite. They are real and happening to normal, healthy people. Some people are aware of it, but many are completely in the dark, as ET encounters occur in numerous ways. The process of waking up to this multidimensional reality is not always easy, but the results are positively life-changing, such as spiritual transformation and expanded awareness. Are you ready to ask, am I experiencing alien contact? And to tell us more, Mary Rotwell is coming up right now on Veritas. Mary Rotwell is the founder and principal of the Australian Closing Counter Resource Network, ACERN. ACERN offers professional counseling support, hypnotherapy, and information to individuals and their families who have anomalous paranormal experiences, particularly abduction and contact experiences. Mary is recognized as one of Australia's leading researchers in the UFO and contact phenomenon. She's also vice president of Star Kids Project Limited Advisory Committee. In addition, Mary is the author of Awakening, How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life, and the producer of the EBE award-winning documentaries, Expressions of ET Contact, A Visual Blueprint, and Expressions of ET Contact, A Communication and Healing Blueprint. To learn more about Mary Rutwell, Rutwell and her work, visit her website at acern, that's A-C-E-R-N, dot com, dot A-U, which is also linked at ours. And directly from Queensland, Australia, where it's very early in the morning, in this winter morning, I would like to welcome, I'm so privileged to welcome Mary Rutwell. Hello, Mary, and welcome to Veritas. Good morning, Mel, and thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. You told me you had three cups of coffee right next to you right now, right? (laughs) 
Oh, look, um, at this time of the day, a little bit of caffeine is really good, especially if I'm going to sound at least um, sort of fairly coherent. Highly recommended and prescribed, I must say. (laughs) Anyways, Mary, you and I met a few years ago at the East City Ranch. And, uh, you know, after so many years, I've been wanting to have you on because to me, I hear your name all the time, all the time, especially by experiencers who who say, how come you have not have had uh, Mary Rutwell on the show? So I'm glad that for the first time you're coming here. For those who may not know who you are, which I doubt, but, you know, why don't we start with your story? How does a trained nurse get into all of this? Take us back in time, Mary. Well, it's a good question and I'll I'll keep it short. But um, if you'd said to me 40 years ago when I was a nurse or a mid, um, when I was a midwife that, you know, 40 years later, I would be um, setting up an organization and traveling the world talking about aliens, I'd have probably sent you to the nearest psychiatrist. Yeah. So um, a lot has changed in 40 years. And it's been um, an amazing journey in the sense that what I've discovered is by supporting so many, well, it's several thousands now, I've probably about 3,000 individuals um, in the, the 18 to 20 years I've been working in this field, you cannot help but have your paradigm changed. And so the changes that they've made in coming to terms with their experiences, I have uh, been on a similar journey. And and to say that, that, you know, I went from nursing into counseling, um, that was quite a synchronous shift in you know, being uh, very proactive in healing to um, being uh, looking at healing from a completely different perspective. And that is from, you know, we know that 60% of illness is caused by stress, for example. So I was interested in looking at the cause of illness rather than dealing with the consequences of, you know, someone being ill and having to do proactive things such as surgery or or using drugs. Counselling opened my whole world up in many ways because the variety of human experiences is so broad in terms of how people articulate their reality. And when you go into working in hospice and uh, grief and bereavement, for example, they're facing their mortality. And, And that, again, you cannot help but explore your own mortality in that sense. You know, I, I was, you know, with someone who perhaps would be knowing that they've only maybe got a week or two to live and asking me, well, do you think there's any life after death? You know, this kind of thing. And so I was the kind of person, I've always been born, you know, I was born curious. I wanted to know the meaning of life. I wanted to know what it was all about. And I always have done. And I've had a very spiritual aspect to my makeup where, I, you know, although I was brought up a Catholic um, and, and that's to me is something that opened me up on one level, but on another level, limited the way that I explored my spirituality. So with counseling, you're exposed to people having unusual experiences sometimes. They'll say, you know, that my mother died and I um, I was really close to her and I sometimes feel she's around and sometimes I even get the fragrance that she used to wear and and I would be exploring, well, what is this? Is this, you know, is this life after death? And then I went into hypnotherapy um, and in hypnotherapy, that is a whole new world because the subconscious reveals all sorts of information that the conscious mind has no idea of. And so going into hypnotherapy, people would then spontaneously go into a past life, for example. And I was doing, um, you know, that kind of work when my very first client walked in the door and he said to me, Mary, I've heard you're open-minded. For this, he said, there are no support groups. For this, they just think you're a loony. 
And his name is Ellis Taylor. He's written about four books of his own now, and he's a dear friend. I actually tease him a lot and say it's all his fault that I got I got involved <laughs> in this him. in the first yeah. place. So he's got a lot to answer for. But basically, for me, that was when I really got connected to the encounter, the abduction, as some people call it, um, contact, because he was a very articulate 40-year-old man who really understood a great deal about his experiences. And the reason that it was um, very credible, apart from who he was, um, was the fact that his whole family were having experiences, that waking up with marks on the body, shaved areas, this kind of thing. Um, his partner was um, also um, aware that she was being taken. The children were also having experiences. So this couldn't possibly be fantasy. This couldn't possibly be hallucination because the whole family was experiencing. And family said that the relatives wouldn't come to the house because they thought it was demons. And he said, can you help? And fortunately and synchronously, Mel, you know um, how the world um, reality seems to work when you open up to this, is I'd read two books only a few weeks prior to this. And these two books, I think, were the universe giving me a wake-up call because one was by Dr. John Mack, um, the Harvard you know, professor of psychiatry who wrote the book Abduction, um, Encounter, Human Encounters with Aliens. And that one has been a godsend and was particularly then because I read this thinking, wow, there's a psychiatrist that's actually taking notice and believes them. And the other one was Communion by Whitley Strieber, who of course, which is the classic, you know, where um, Whitley talks about his own experiences. And I'd only read them literally a few weeks prior to Ellis coming and knocking on my door. Now, um, I'm used to those kinds of synchronicities now, but what it did do, was highlight to me, this was, you know, from another level, this was a reality, but still very, very ignorant. And it was only when I took this case to supervision, I was doing advanced counseling at the time. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take this case. I know it isn't relationship issues and I know it isn't X, Y, and Z, but I want to know what other professionals think. And the fascinating thing, Mel, with this was when I took this case and I did a lot of work, is it hallucinations, fantasy, schizophrenia, or is it real? Um, and interestingly, the whole group, um, it opened the door to them saying, you know, I've had strange experiences and I, I lived in a house that was haunted or I had the, and, and it wasn't, I think this guy is crazy. They were all given almost permission to tell me more about their own experiences in the supervision group. And that was really the catalyst. I thought, well, if we don't have an understanding of this in normal psychology, then this is no good to me. I've got to, I've got to do something about this. And that was really where I diverged from traditional psychology and have been down this road ever since. And when you wrote the book uh, Awakening, it was uh, 1,600 clients you've seen so far, but now it's been almost doubled to almost 3,000, right? Absolutely. And, and the reason I wrote Awakening was so many were on their own with their experiences. They had nowhere to go. And a lot of, you know, what you would think would be, you know, UFO groups or, or, or whatever um, that would be uh, available to people. A lot of them didn't even know 
who to access. And if they did, a lot of groups, you know, there are, are many of them um, very well-meaning um, that, that want to offer, you know, a listening ear perhaps. Um, but most of the time they concentrated on sightings that, you know, it was what size was the craft? How long did you see it? Was the people with you? Did you take a picture? You know, all this kind of stuff. But they'd say, Mary, as soon as I said, look, I think I'm having experiences with some of the occupants, then, you know, the door was often shut. Or if they did have someone like a researcher that was interested, they would do some hypnosis. But a lot of the time, the hypnosis would only show the scene. It wouldn't help them understand. Yes, they'd say, yeah, you've been on a craft. Look, you know, you've explored that and there you are on the table, etc. But they wouldn't actually be able to help them work through it. And that's where I knew was my four day was helping people come to terms with it. And if I couldn't do it on a one-to-one or any other way, then the only other way to help people through the process was to write a book that would help them through that. Is it, you know, questions like, is it real? Um, how do I know I'm not crazy? What do I do about the fear? What, what if, if my kids are having experiences? You know, and I find myself doing strange writing. You know, what is that? Um, I, 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 I come across... Uh, I have dreams of future events or I, I can see energy fields around it. What do I do about that? All those kinds of things that go with this phenomena. That was what questions were I, was I being asked. Okay, there's a chapter on it. And that was how the book was written. And I really loved the book and uh, our mutual friend, uh, Dr. Roger Lear, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. I hope, Roger, you're looking over us and, and helping push forward all of this. But we have some synchronicities, uh, Mary. I grew up a Roman Catholic, which opened me to spirituality, but it also <clears throat> limited me to other areas. And the two books that had an impact that pushed me to start all of this was Fire in the Sky and also Communion too. And the first time I met you at the East City Ranch, I had my first UFO sighting. So I always remember you coinciding with that day. But instead of the common term abductee, you prefer to use the term experiencer since abductee has a negative connotation. But if many experiences are taken without permission, isn't this violating their free will, Mary? It's a very good question. And it's, it's one that um, I've been asked many times. What is really interesting about working with hypnosis and the subconscious is that it's got a whole different take on reality. And for anyone that's got reservations, um, there are a lot of misconceptions about hypnosis and they will say, oh, well, you know, people can confabulate, they can fantasize, et cetera, et cetera. What I've, um, I go along with what Dr. John Mack said about hypnosis and I concur absolutely. He said that the subconscious is a far more accurate um, uh, rendition of an experience than ever the conscious mind is. And his his reason, reasoning is, is this, that the subconscious records everything without edits. It literally, what it's experiencing, it is a recording. Whereas our conscious mind will always edit our experience. Whenever we're looking at something, we're evaluating it, we're analyzing it, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas the subconscious doesn't even work that way. It just records. So in fact, uh, anything recalled by the subconscious is, is, in fact, more accurate. And in that sense, then, so if you're going into an experience with someone and you're taking them to something they um, have perhaps, you know, still remember with great fear and trepidation, 
for example. What you're trying to do uh, more than anything is they want answers. They want understanding. They don't only want to know, yes, it happened. They actually want to know why. Why them? All the, the standard questions that anyone would want to know when they've been through an experience. And so the interesting and m- most important thing in my work is not just showing the scene or getting them to see the scene that they've been taken up on a craft. Um, you know, they may have had procedures done or, or whatever. They want to know, okay, now why is that? And so when I work with someone, we're looking at, uh, I mean, I, my analogy is it's no good doing the x-ray without doing the surgery. In other words, mm-hmm. you know, using the medical term, seeing the scene is not enough. Yes, it, it, it shows them that this has been a reality. But what they then want is the understanding behind it. So when they are seeing themselves, for example, and they're seeing the beings around them, they'll describe them to me. They'll describe the environment, all that kind of thing. And then I'll say, is any of the, the beings feeling um, looking familiar to you? And they may say, well, one of them actually is, and that will surprise them. And I'll say, okay, so you're going, you know, part of you actually has understanding with this. So um, ask, the, ask the being, why you, you know, why are you there? And immediately they will get a response. Um, and they'll say, well, I, I've been brought here a number of times. And I'll say, well, how many and, and, and what ages? And immediately they'll, they'll maybe um, start to tell you um, the ages that they've been picked up. They might, they'll reel it off like 3, 5, 10, 15. Without any thought, the subconscious will tell them this through this interaction that they're having in hypnosis. And then I'll say, okay, now ask why you're there. It's no good, you know, just seeing yourself there. You want to know why you're there. And they'll say, oh, um, this, is, um, this is a checkup or this is because they need to take some more genetic material or it's a healing or whatever. Okay, does that make sense to you? Does that resonate on any level? Yes, it does. Always I check that that makes sense to them and they understand it. Then I, um, one of the important questions, if they are feeling victimized or they feel that they've had no choice in this, I ask the question, have you on any level, and, and remember that's on any level, consented to this experience? And nine times out of 10, they'll say yes. And then that's a surprise to them. But not only that, I will ask when, and many right, will say when? before I came here. And that's, before. you know, and before I came here means that the soul self has had an agreement. And I will say, well, why was that? Why did you uh, um, agree? Because I'm part of them. And, I've, and, and often it, they've chosen to incarnate in human form from the origin of the, um, the intelligences that they're working with, often as not. And they will say that I've come in because I'm, uh, there are certain things I have to do. And part of the trade is that um, through that, they will assist me in my, my mission down here. For example, they, many of them feel they've got a mission, they've got a purpose, they've got something to do. And it's a very common part of this whole phenomena is, you know, they'll say, I've always felt I was not from here, that I, I sort of feel like I, I was adopted. Um, I, I find human beings quite primitive and I don't understand the material, you know, the materialistic world, for example. These will be some of the things that they will connect with in terms of their experience. So, when you talk about, um, and they talk about, uh, you know, this whole thing about how, how dare they or whatever, nine times out of ten, I'm not, uh, that's what has come back. And that's not me at all. That is part of their subconscious responding to that question. So 
often it's more that they didn't understand and they didn't understand why. And if you can understand why, then it's, it's, it's like when you take a two-year-old to the doctor and you say, he's a nice man, he's going to make you better. And the nice man gets a bloody great big needle and sticks it in his backside. And he'll say, he's not a nice man and I'm not going back there again. He might need to be, I don't know, five or six before you say, you know, when I took you to the doctor and the doctor did something that was painful, the reason he did that was there was medicine in the, in the injection. And then they'll say, ah, oh, all right then, and they will accept it. And it's almost the same kind of thing. It's just when you don't know why something is happening, then understandably, you're going to be angry and feel victimized. I have a video on my website uh, where you and Dolores Cannon are discussing this. Rest in peace, Dolores, too. Uh, and, and Mary, what makes, before I ask the question, let me just say that this radio program tonight and... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.